Testing, we are trying to find out if this thing works. I'm having a hard time remembering what I've said and what I haven't, but we had two farms. I, I think I did mention that down in the West Fields. One was down by Menden. The pig farm was by the landfill in Logan. But the other one was down in Menden. And that was where I remember driving my first tractor, which I suspect was driving my first anything. And I'm not positive, probably the older brother or our sisters can correct me and I'm sure they will if any of them ever hears any of this but I seems like I was about four years old and my dad the tractor we owned we actually had two if I remember one was a d2 cat caterpillar and the other one was a case tractor I can still see both of them in my mind and it was springtime, and for whatever reason, I apparently was there with my dad without other brothers or sisters, and we were drilling. So we had a drill hooked behind the cat. And <clears throat> as I certainly learned over the many years that followed, you have to ride the drill for a while to make sure everything's working right. The problem was you can't ride the drill and drive the tractor at the same time. And the only other person that was there was me and I was not big. So that was my first time driving a tractor. My dad put me on that D2 cat and I rode my first tractor. That tractor felt like a monster to me. I have looked at a D2 cat. They're really hard to find since then many times. And it literally looks like a toy now compared to the machinery we have. And it's on the earth. But anyway, that was my first experience at driving a tractor. And one other little experience that I remember, and I don't know how old we were now, but I'm going to guess we were in early grade school time, and we were coming, and I say we, I'm talking about Uncle Lloyd and myself, were coming back from the farm, coming home to our home in Logan. That's the current, I mean, not current, the house we grew up in on 3rd West. And we were in the old pickup. I guess it wasn't old then, or maybe it was. I don't know. And Uncle Lloyd was driving. I don't think he could see over the steering wheel. I'm pretty sure he was looking through it. But I was riding beside him. And why we were coming home, and he was driving, and we were alone, I do not remember any of the details. The only thing I remember is that we got picked up on the way home. A police officer thought that we looked kind of young. We were somewhere, I'm assuming, in the seven to nine-year-old range or six to eight or something. I don't know how old we were. But anyway, Uncle Lloyd didn't look quite old enough to drive. And I don't have a clue what happened after that. I'm going to guess the police officer was so utterly astounded at these two little kids driving a pickup up the road that I, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he, I have no idea. I would sure be not interested to know what happened with that. But anyway, it was a scary moment. In the zero to four or five or six, I mean, it was just a farm. It wasn't a, a chore type farm except for the pigs. But at home, oh my word, we had chores at home. My word. 
and my mother was now cooking for the boarders. We had typically eight boarders living upstairs. Pardon me? Well, boys. I don't know. I don't know if they were big guys or not. They all looked big to me. They were college boys. Anyway, so there was eight boys upstairs. And frequently, Mrs. Lindquist, that lived next door to us, and she had a basement room, and she rented that out to college boys, and they would walk across and eat with us. And then Kitty Corner on the across the street on the corner of 3rd West and 1st South was another house that also had a room somewhere, and they had one or two boys occasionally. I, as I remember, it wasn't solid with those two places, but... There was sometimes we had 12 boys eating with us twice a day. But sometimes it was just our own house full. Plus us nine. And I don't know how my mother put up with it. I don't know how she stood it. But I'll tell you one thing. She was a good cook. She did a lot of cooking. Oh, my criminy. I have never in my life ever seen anybody that cooked as much as she did. And, and believe me, there was a lot of dishes. And we didn't buy anything in the store that I can remember of. I mean, if there was rolls or bread or donuts or pies or cakes or cookies or I don't know, I can't think of macaroni and cheese. Everything was made from scratch. I can't ever rem remember her opening a box of anything, not a cake box. The cakes were made from scratch. Pancakes were made from scratch. I can remember when we had eggs and toast. We would go through, I don't know, two or three dozen eggs several dozen eggs and at least a couple of loaves of bread. She, she let them eat what they wanted. As I remember the rumor, the University of Utah State's uh, housing lists where everybody would, they had the, ha the list of all the housing available and our place filled up first almost every year after the first two or three years, because the rumor, I mean, the, what's the word? Reputation spread like wildfire that if you wanted to eat, this is the place to live. And it was 50 bucks a month to begin with. I think later on they raised it clear up to 55 and maybe even 65. I kind of remember the number 65. It was a lot of money. But it never seemed like enough to me. And I think she, if I remember right, she washed the bedding. But not anything else. I think they had to do their own laundry. But I think she washed the bedding, if I remember right. And oh my crap. And we didn't have a dryer. I never saw a dryer in my life until after we got married. Never saw a dryer. And believe me, we all knew how to hang clothes. And I helped hang hundreds of clothes and bring them in off from the clothesline. I'm, we knew how to iron. I knew how to iron white shirts. We all learned how to do that. But the dishwashing was the formidable task for us kids. My mother, how she lived through it, I will never know. And I can still see the dishwashing chart we had up around on the cupboard up there, which we all looked at many times every day, hoping and praying that we weren't on the list that day for the drying or the uh, for uh, We never washed. My mother washed everything. 
all the time, but we we had to drain, we had drain, and we had lots of stuff. And as horrible as it was, I remember standing there draining or wiping. One kid had the one kid had the draining, the other kid had the towels and wipe. There was no way on the planet you could just drain. There was so many dishes we had to wipe them and put them away. Anyway, but up on the wall, we had the 13 Articles of Faith, or we had the um, counties in the state of Utah, or we had the capitals in the United States. I can't even tell you how much homework we all learned and memorized at the dish counter as we were washing dishes. Learned all 13 articles of faith, most of which I can still remember. Can't remember the capitals or the the counties in the state of Utah. But learned the states in the United States. I mean, we did a lot of homework, a lot of church work, memorized scriptures. That's what we did while we were at the dish counter, and we hated it. But now it's all fond memories. One other memory I had now, we had started playing the piano. I have no idea when we started that. We were in that house. So I assume we were five or six or seven or something. My mother was teaching us, and oh my God, I just can't imagine how she could keep from trying to kill us all all the time. But we had a clock the big clock up on the a shelf that somebody had put up there and it had a timer on it and so we would come in we'd come home from school and we were practicing we had two pianos one in the girls bedroom and one out in the front room and they were always going and the girls were giving lessons somebody was pounding on the piano constantly but Somehow or other, if I remember right, we had, and we were supposed to practice the piano for an hour, each one of us per day. Us boys, the girls were teenagers. I don't know what they were doing. Had no clue. They were living their busy lives. So we'd set that clock for an hour. I had a wind-up timer you could put on it. We'd go in the, this was me, I'd go in the bedroom or in the front room, whoever wasn't in the other one, and practice for what felt like an eternity. It was probably about six or seven minutes or something. And then I'd come running back out in the kitchen, look up to the clock, and after about four or five or six times of that, my mother was just ready to strangle all of us, uh, or strangle me. I'm sure my brothers were doing the same thing to get in there and practice and quit running back and forth to see if we if we had any time left. But somehow or other, we learned, started to learn how to play the piano. And, and then not too long later, I can't remember what grade it was, probably fourth or fifth grade, they thought that I should, I should also learn to play the violin. Uncle Lloyd was on the trumpet Uncle Brian was on the French horn. Uncle Owen was on the violin also. I'm not sure why we didn't get the other ones. Aunt Vivian, or Aunt Janice, I think was... Did she play the saxophone? Aunt Vicky did. Aunt Vicky did. Aunt Vivian played the flute. And violin. And violin, and she thereafter became my violin teacher, which was not funny. Probably mostly not funny for her, but it wasn't funny for anybody. Oh, it was just torture. I I just can't even believe how we learned anything. We were just so, I, I mean, not we, I keep saying we. I'm sure my brothers were wonderful, but I was so obnoxious, it wasn't even funny. And fought everything every minute of the time. I didn't want to learn it. I wanted to be out like the other kids, playing and goofing off and playing football and doing anything but music. 
okay, well, nothing much was happening in my grade school years, <clears throat> except that once or maybe twice a year, we would go somewhere. I don't know where it might have been down around the Brigham area. Maybe it was the Salt Lake. I can't remember to have an EKG. It was a major thing. I mean, now EKGs, they can pull out a suitcase little thing and give you one in 10 minutes. Anyway, so we were doing that all the time. But other than that, I was just living life. But I was pretty much living it without a heartbeat. It was just a shh, shh, shh. So my dad was specifically, at least I remember him being this way. I'm sure my mother was the same way, but um, very protective. And would not allow me to be involved in any of the school sporting stuff because he because he was worried about me kicking the bucket or something anyway so in lieu of doing the stuff all the other kids were doing we're all learning how to play musical instruments of course that was my excuse uncle lloyd uh, the whole family were doing the same thing so i can't use that for oh definitely uncle lloyd was a well, amazing basketball player he, when it was back in the days when the church had ball um, stuff going on, I mean, I mean, they went to regionals and all this other stuff. And the Logan First Ward, I mean, they went way high. He was, he was an excellent basketball player. But interestingly, my parents, bless their hearts, were also very committed to living the gospel and one sunday came when all of our friends were down on the high school field which was just right through the fence from us practically playing football we would sit home and be religious little folks because my parents didn't believe in playing ball on the sabbath day of course i didn't learn how to play ball decently as I was growing up, but I picked up on that same thought process and all through our lives. As you kids will remember, when Sunday came, we shut off the pipes. There was a lot of stuff we couldn't shut off on the dairy. I mean, we had to do what we had to do, but while everybody else was out moving pipes, I, I did my level best to organize the, the fields so we would cover everything in six days and we never moved pipes on Sunday. I remember a story where you would you would go to church on Sunday and then you would notice the local um, Protestant or Presbyterian oh, church. Oh, absolutely. But this was when I was a deacon. Okay, so now I'm a de deacon collecting fast offerings. And our church was on First South and Second West, literally kitty corner from the high school and the Woodruff School. They were right across the street. Well, if you went north one block on the other side of the road was the Presbyterian Church. And over that period of time, that, that's about when I started having all these friends and getting into junior high and the Presbyterian minister, his name was Reverend Minor Bruner, Reverend Bruner. Great guy, just a super good guy. And he had a daughter by the name of Diane Bruner, who was my very next door neighbor, Scott Webb's girlfriend, which means nothing, but I just remember that. Anyway, so we would have church in the summertime on Fast Sunday and then go out <clears throat> and collect fast offerings. And <clears throat> since we moved out of town and moved into the country, all fast offering collecting by everybody that used to be done was done in cars. The parents would take their boys around, but we lived in the Logan First Ward and it was two blocks worth of human beings or something three blocks we walked everywhere for everything 
and it just frosted me to walk down the road past the Presbyterian church because they had just let out of church too. And they always had tables <clears throat> out in their yard, sun shining and coffee and donuts. And I mean, everybody was out there and they had a big group and I wanted to go over there so bad and eat those donuts. And my good night, I knew Diane Bruner. I was, I had friends in this, there's too chicken to do it. I never did it. So back to the music lessons, Aunt Vivian, uh, we were just sitting here talking. I'd, I'm not exactly sure why she became my designated music teacher because she was my violin teacher, definitely. And after someplace along the way when my mother, who was always involved, always, but Aunt Vivian also became my piano teacher, I think. And why was her instead of Aunt Vicky or Aunt Janice? I don't know. Just the way it was. I do not know that, but I do remember one experience with Aunt Janice that causes me to realize I'm lucky I'm still alive. Um, I do not know how old I was here either. Let's see, how old was Aunt Janice when she probably got married? Roughly 21-ish, which would have made me... 11-ish, and one night it was dark, and we were just doing our thing in the house. I'm going to guess it was in the 7 to 8 o'clock range, and somebody pounded on the front door, and I answered the door. I don't know why, but I answered the door, and there was some guy standing there, and he asked if Aunt Janice was home. I'd never seen him before, and I said, I don't think so. Uh, I couldn't remember of seeing her, at least in the last two or three minutes. So I told her that I, or told him that I didn't think she was home tonight, and he politely excused himself and left. And I walked back into the house, shut the door, walked back into the house, and as I'm walking towards the kitchen, the girls' bedrooms right there on the right side, bathrooms right across the street from it. And just as I walked past the bedroom, the door was ajar. It was it was open. And I looked in there and I and Janice was standing there with the other somebody. There was several people standing there. And I said, Oh, um, somebody just came at the door and was asking for you. And I can't remember the conversation now, except that something like, well, did you invite him in? I don't know. I, I thought you were gone. He's, I told him you weren't here. I didn't know you were here. You mean he left? He did. <laughs> and uh, then I left. I went out the back door and stayed somewhere for quite a while. That was Uncle Daryl. I guess it was his first date, but it wasn't his last. I was thinking about grade school and some of the games that we played. Um, we played uh, jump rope and hopscotch and jacks. I absolutely loved jacks, a little metal prong with a ball. I got really good at them. Um, I would sit between our kitchen and our front room. I would sit on the carpeted front room floor then I'd throw my jacks on the linoleum kitchen floor and just spend a long time practicing jacks and doing onesies and twosies and threesies and just loved them. It was fun. Um, we always, the little girls always wore dresses to school all the time, um, all through high school. Until the miniskirts came into play and they decided that the pants were more modest than the miniskirts. So the year I graduated, the next year they let them wear pants. So uh, I had three really good friends. I had a friend across the street named Sue Nelson. And then about half a block down the road, Lynette Crosby. And then Bonnie Weston was about a block away and we would just like rotate between houses pretty much. Um, that was always fun.
I remember in sixth grade, one time we went to school. I think it was either fall or spring. Anyway, we got to school and our teachers had gone on strike. And so there was no school. And I, I remember feeling like the world has come to an end. My teacher's not here. And, and how that was really difficult. You know, and I was thinking about each one of my teachers and how, what an influence each one of my grade school teachers was. And I can hardly tell you any of my junior high teachers or maybe an occasional high school teacher, but the grade school teachers were so important. And uh, uh, what went on with them and how they treated me and... Um, I remember I was I was fairly shy. I did not like to get up in front of groups. And we were supposed to do book reports in the sixth grade. You had to stand up and give a book review or a news article or something. And I absolutely could not do it. I just couldn't. And my grade was a little bit less because of that. I just I just couldn't stand up and be in, and do that. So um, also in fourth grade, we learned cursive, I think, in third or fourth grade. And my handwriting was really bad. I got a D and it really upset me because I really liked school and I liked getting good grades and doing my homework and I got a D. And so I practiced and practiced through fifth and sixth grade until my handwriting was better because I just didn't like that. So, neatness, yeah, yeah. I remember one of my reports, handwritten reports, they put up on the board because it was a good report, but my handwriting was, I was so embarrassed. I just was really embarrassed. So I did practice and I got a lot better and uh, just sat at the kitchen table and practiced until it improved. Do you remember what your report was about? Uh, yeah, I had, um, it was about Edison, and I believe it was about Edison. Anyway, we had an old Edison uh, Victrola that you would put records on and you would wind it up, you know, and it was a good-sized piece of furniture, and my dear brother Bob brought it to the school, uh, for my report so the kids could see it. And I was just so proud of him. He was just like, just such a wonderful person. And I just thought that was so awesome that he would do that for me. So I'd get a good grade. We always had to do the dishes. Randy and I did the dishes. Our mom cooked supper, we did the dishes. And we liked to watch TV shows, certain ones. So we would run during the commercials and go back, do the dishes, and then run back in as soon as the commercial was done. And I, we were driving our mother insane. That would take us forever to get like a five-minute dish job done. But that was specifically, that was our chore to do that. I did never, I never did anything outside. Uh, I mowed my first lawn when I was in my 30s uh, because my dad loved being out and he just took care of it all so and uh, I think I've talked about his garden before haven't I pretty much yeah always a big garden and, um, and yeah let's see bewitched uh, nothing else is coming to mind Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed yeah yes. that was good Yes, get smart. Those were good. Um, I I just really liked the stories, you know. So, but I had I always had to practice, so that had to be worked in. And my my all my parents, my mother would say, "Patty, have you practiced today?" That's all it would take, and I would be right in there. All right, you know it was. It's not easy to practice. It takes a lot of determination. Um, and, you know, you can always do something else. If, 
that's fun, but you don't get anywhere unless you practice. Uh, we would often picnic with my my mom's sisters. We would have picnics um, either at my grandparents' house. We lived in Logan. Um, they had a park by their place or in their yard. We would have picnics. Sometimes we would go to Logan Canyon and just have a picnic and spend the afternoon. We kids would just explore all over and the adults would just visit. And I thought that was really fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, we'd go to Bear Lake sometimes. Uh, my parents did not like to go to Salt Lake area too much, so we didn't go that direction too often. I, the only really big vacation I remember was going to California when I was 13. Uh, our grandparents lived there in Hemet by Riverside. And uh, we went by train, Charlotte and Randy and I and mom and dad. I was like 13, I think. Train from Salt Lake? From Ogden. I think we went to Ogden and got on in Ogden. Um, Anyway, I just thought that was so cool to get on this train and go, you know, go down to my grandparents. And we had a motel with a pool. We just lived in the pool. We loved it. And uh, this is my dad's parents. They had the Swedish brogue. And she had a little electric car that was like a golf cart. She would go over town in it just zipping along, and I, she'd let me go with her. It was open, because it was California, you know, didn't have to be enclosed. And I remember her taking me to her Lutheran church, and there were Catholic nuns, and I met the Catholic nuns, which was a huge eye-opener in my world. I didn't know anything about that. So anyway, they had, in their backyard, they had a walnut tree and oranges and grapefruits and and he was a really excellent gardener, so flowers and and she would make sugared walnuts that were a really good treat. So that was a, was a fun trip. I think that sounds really fun. I'm really amazed about the train part, riding a train all the way from Ogden to California yeah. and back. How long yeah. did that take? Uh, it was... It was a lot. I can't remember if it was overnight. I don't think it was overnight. I don't remember, actually. But I do just remember thinking, yeah, this is so awesome, you know. But uh, but you go fairly fast. You don't really get to see the countryside when you're on a train. It's kind of a blur, you know. I thought I'd be slower, I guess, so I could see something. But it wasn't so much. And it's kind of a jiggly feel, you know. But that was I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it. And we also, um, our brother Bob lived in California at the time. So he met us and took us to grandpa and grandma's. Yeah, it was, I actually got tan, tan legs and everything. And I've never had it since. So, but I was in the pool every day with the California sun. So, you know, got tan. He was, he was strictly LDS. <clears throat> she was strictly Lutheran. But when either one had parties, they would always go. They would go together. You know, they were they worked out their religion thing really well. Didn't seem to be an issue at all with them. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but they handled it very well. Uh, and just kind of, they both knew the other people in the, the church that they were in. And yeah, my, my grandpa was really strong in the church. So what was your relationship with the gospel like as a child? Um, I did not go to primary very much. Primary was on the weekdays. And I didn't, I didn't attend too much until I got a little a bit older, as in the 10, you know, 9, 10, 11 age. Not so much when I was younger. Um, not so much when I was younger. Um, 
as a teenager, I think my, my parents went to church with my other brothers and sisters. By the time Randy and I got along, mom's health wasn't that great and she did not uh, feel very well. So I, they didn't really go too much when I was growing up. So I just kind of, if I went to sacrament meeting, I went alone um, and just found friends to sit with or sat by myself or whatever. But um, I kind of, I kept, I, I really liked young women's. So I would keep going on Tuesday. And I think that I really liked my teachers and their lessons. And that kind of kept me going until... Um, I was like 15, 16 years old, and my, my particular group of kids, the boys, were real mischievous and loud and noisy and drove me crazy. And in our Sunday school class, they had scared off a number of teachers, and I didn't like that at all. Um. And so coming home from Sunday school one day, I always walked. It wasn't that far, so I walked. And I I just resolved on, on the way home that I was never going back. I was tired of the boys acting up, and I was not going back to church anymore. Um, and I don't know if I absolutely held strict to that or whatever, but shortly thereafter, they called me to be a junior Sunday school teacher, which was at the same time as Sunday school. It was like prime, another primary. So I got to teach little kids. I loved it. And I think that kind of pulled me through that time. And I think by the time I was 17, I was pretty solid in the gospel. I wanted, I wanted to be, uh, to go to church and, and, uh, so I was a lot stronger by the time I was in late teens. And when I was 17, I got my patriarchal blessing, and that helped me quite a bit as well. So anyway. Um, were you baptized when you were a child? Yeah, I was baptized at eight. Um, at the time, we, and I think Dad was also baptized in Logan Tabernacle. I have no idea who baptized me. They, they just had young priests, and we kind of got baptized like you, you know, putting cattle through the chute. Uh, wasn't my dad at all. I just remember being very wet and very cold, and uh, no spiritual anything about it that I remember. And I don't even know who it was that baptized me. So that's just kind of what was done mm -hmm. at the time. We had Sunday school in the morning. Dad can help me out if I blow this, but we had Sunday schools in the mornings, and then we would go back and sacrament meeting at what time, like 7, 7.30 at night? 7.39 was the, the time. And then during the week after school, we would have primary or young women's on Tuesday nights. And that went on. Until we were married, the little boys, we had three little boys when it finally was changed to the block. And I think the reason at the time the gas prices got really high and... Cents. Yeah. And uh, the church members lived, some of them lived, were starting to live far away from the church. So it was hard to come, hard to come back so many times. So they just blocked it all together for three hours. My, my mom and her sisters were all really creative people. They sewed, they cooked, they did all these things. And I was very much, and still am, very much like that. Just have, I had tons of creative. I, I would just make up stories and be outside playing and be happy as a clam with, you know, just my imagination. Um, that's just... So I've always been a very creative person. I think uh, that comes from my mom, possibly more than my dad. But anyway, I was I was pretty happy, generally pretty happy little girl. Um, always 
I, I think I still carry that, but I remember being very happy. Uh, I loved to be outside, just loved being outside and uh, just pretty happy. Speaking of primary, I can only remember really one experience in primary. And that was pretty close to when I was about ready to graduate, I'm guessing. I don't know. I was becoming a knuckle-headed little boy. And somehow one day in my primary class, I got a hold of the roll book. Maybe I was the day of a secretary. I, I, why in the world I would have a hold of the roll book? I don't know. But in my boredom, um, I got a hold of the roll book and opened it up to the page where uh, we had the little check for that day or whatever. And I wrote ease in every blank space I could see for excused. I guess that's what I was writing it for. I don't know. Anyway, there was many dozen E's. And I kind of remember, and I'm sure I'm, maybe I'm making this up, I don't know. But by the time I actually got graduated from primary, I think my primary president was about ready to boot me out anyway. I, I'm pretty sure she was. Then on another subject, I remember giving my first piano solo. And it was at one of my mother's Relief Society meetings. I have no idea how old I was. Um, early grade schools or something. And it was during the week. What? Relief Society was during the week, wasn't it? Work day meeting or something. So my mother dragged this little teeny kid over to Relief Society. And I played the special number. And I have never forgotten it. It was so traumatic because it was Beautiful Dreamer. And I started out an octave too high. And the second I hit the note, I knew I was an octave too high. But I already screwed it up. And, of course, I stopped, went down to the right octave, and played the piece. But it kind of traumatized me literally to this very day, this very day. I mean, I'm over in the church with my new calling playing the organ. And when I make even one mistake, it just sticks a knife in my back. Even though last week, the other organist, bless her heart, tries to play the hymns made easy version and made a valiant effort. She made a valiant effort. I, I think she got 50% of the notes, or maybe it wasn't that many. I don't know, but whatever. So, perfectionist, I, I, I just want it to be perfect. And it, it doesn't have to be that way for anybody else. It's me, it's a problem. It's a real problem. And then I was, on another subject besides that, I was going to remember we were talking about chores, and she's mentioned it several times, and I don't think I've ever mentioned it. And her dad did have a beautiful garden. Oh, my criminy. We had a big garden. Oh, my good night. It wasn't my dad's garden. It was the family garden, and it was huge. I mean, from that back deal back there, clear to the back fence, I don't know what it was. It was probably a third of an acre or fourth of an acre or half an acre or something. And I mean, it was big and we were, and we had fruit trees back there, and peach and plum and what else was back there? Lots of different trees and apple. Did we have apple trees back there? And rows and rows of 
vegetables and my mother and dad and all of us were out there and on irrigating day it was the same way with there they would we would all be on ditches down there in logan and when we had our turn why it was an ugly scene kind of put me off i didn't really want too much to do with i say that but we we've had a garden our, our whole life pretty much except in bear lake but nothing like we had there oh my crime and then of course that raised for the border years at least one hundredth of the food so then came the next project which oh my criminy i don't know where my mother found this food but she would go to farmers and i remember her coming home with corn i mean it could have been anything we had beans and what else did we have and we were out in the backyard out outside with an assembly line tables two or three or four tables and i mean we even had neighborhood kids coming over and i mean it was like a big party and we would start at one end where the corn would be husked and shucked down and i mean there would be a couple of people doing nothing but that to dozens hundreds of dozens of ears of corn she would fill the trunk and the back seat and everything oh my criminy and then it would move to the next assembly line where somebody would cut the corn off the thing and that would go to the next assembly line and and huge canning kettles finally at that end where somebody was putting it into the bottles no i i mean it was just like a it was just like del monte cannery and we would have 100 to 200 quarts of each given vegetable or fruit peaches raspberries We'd go to bear lake to get the raspberries and it was just the most ridiculous thing i ever saw in my life and we were all involved because we had to be that's all there was to it it was it was just unbelievable and I think sort of in a really weird way, it was sort of fun because of all this crew that was around there. And I can't imagine it was fun for my mother. I just, uh, I just cringe how she lived through all this stuff. Vacations. I have no idea what a vacation is. Never knew what a vacation was. Doesn't mean we didn't have fun. We had lots of fun. In the summertime, from day one till seven years ago, our summers were on the farm. And that was the vacation. I, I loved it. I loved going down into the fields. I loved being with my dad and my brothers. Never saw the girls. They were living their own lives. They were big and gone, or I don't know what they were doing. But we were always with her dad on the farm somewhere. And I would just cry my eyes out when August, I hated August, because August was the month, the last desperate month before school started and it wasn't that i hated school i don't think i hated school i had quite a bit of fun in school in fact i remember through the grade school year someplace during that time that my parents bought the complete world book encyclopedia set which we had up in that bookcase and it, it was just like it opened the whole world to us. So I wanted to know something about the world. A world book encyclopedia. There were several different brands. World book was one brand. And Americana 
was another brand. Britannica was another brand. But in those days, nobody had ever heard of computers. Nobody had ever heard of the Internet. If you wanted to know something about the world, you went to the library or bought the wares from a fast-talking salesman that would come by. And I have no idea how my parents afforded that. I, I'm going to guess it had to be 50 or 100 bucks or something. There was probably, how many books was there? 10 or 15 books at least. And I can still see them now. They came in different colors and my parents got white. White covers or white-ish or cream-colored or something. It was light-colored. I thought it was so fancy. I just loved it. And I lived, and I'm sure my brothers did too, once lived in those encyclopedias. You wanted to know something about England or about France or about donkeys or about what any subject you want, we'd go pull out the encyclopedia and read it. And sometimes we'd do that even in the home evening, which, by the way, we had home evenings regularly. My parents were avid, very staunch Latter-day Saints. I thought it was wonderful until I became a little older, and then whatever my parents did, like most people, came under the gun. Anyway, I still remember one teeny little experience. We were in home evening one night, and one of our boarders came downstairs to get an encyclopedia or something, something out of that library we had there on the wall. And he was a great guy. I, I can't remember which one it was right now, but they were all great guys. But our whole family was sitting around there in the front room and somebody was giving the home evening. And he came in and, of course, we all stopped to wait for him to get his book. And he finally selected his book and then sat down on a chair to do his research. And why that experience stuck with me to this day, I do not know. But it was a very awkward moment. I can't remember if he was a Latter-day Saint boy or not. We had several religious, different religions in this group, including one very staunch Catholic who was a really cool guy. I just loved him. But, of course, we had Uncle Dewey, who came someplace along the way and became part of the family. But all these boys became, I mean... My parents made them, not only fed them better than they'd ever been fed in their life, but they made them at home. They became part of the group, part of our family. And for years after, many of them would come back after they were married and gone, who knows, and then they'd come back to visit or something. They would come and visit us and have all these recollections of all these great times they had at the Hatterley house. But interestingly, that whole experience had a negative effect on me. And ever since then, I don't necessarily need people around in our home. I wanted our family. I didn't want people. I used to be absolutely astounded at Uncle Owen and Aunt Nadine who seemed like they constantly had people in their home, friends, mostly hers, her friends, or people living with them all the time. I don't want... I, I kind of got scarred a little bit because we had such a house full of people all the time and a yard full of people. I mean, try and comprehend our backyard with two or three or four of our own vehicles at least, and six or eight or ten more borders vehicles packed back in there and out on the front curb and 
I mean, it was just, we had a Grand Central going on all the time, and it, it kind of bothered me. I still think about it, and I still like my privacy. I do remember one experience. <laughs> oh, my criminy. Our home there, I don't know if you remember it or not, up on the second story, on the front, there was a, um, what do you call it, a kind of a front porch on the second story. About, yeah, a balcony type thing with kind of pillared um, fence. I mean, I don't know what you call it. Anyway, something so that you wouldn't walk out and step off. Yeah, whatever. And one of those, a couple of those boarders one day got the great idea. <laughs> oh, my criminy. To take this little kid out and chuck him off that front porch and the guy down below caught me. <laughs> or maybe it was the bush. Maybe they threw me into one of those bushes down there. I don't know. And I, somebody caught me because I'm still here. But anyway, I remember that. I remember in our bathroom, we had some tile board in the bathroom. And it was starting to come off a little bit. And me and my friend thought it would be really fun to rip it a little bit more and a little bit more and we ripped a whole bunch off and my mom found found us and found that and i remember getting spanked i if i got in trouble it was mom liked the fly swatter on our little bottoms um and that was kind of what happened if i got in trouble was i'd get i'd get spanked but it didn't happen that often. I, I was pretty good. Um, so, and she always said she felt like, especially if it was something I was in, in danger, like crossing the street when I was too young, little swat on the bottom didn't hurt. And it got the message across. So, oh yeah, she would bang our heads together. Yes, my my mom was a force to be reckoned with. Um, we did not cross her very often because she, she let us know that was not going to fly. So we, were, we we didn't like wait till daddy got home if we were in trouble. That was not in the cards. She took care of it right there. So, um, yeah, he would flood irrigate the yard and the garden. And we, we had an old piece of plywood we would put out when he flooded the yard and we'd run and jump on it and then we'd like surf across the grass it was so darn fun and we had a little ditch out in front of our yard and we'd we'd wade in it and we'd make little boats and float them in it and we'd take old cucumbers that were worthless make little boats and float them down the stream and and we had a we had a lot of apple trees in our yard and we played lots of games like going from one apple tree to the other uh we just would make up games and my mom would make applesauce out of all the apples and when it was done and warm she would stir in red hot candies so it would turn pink and it was really good good stuff so for birthdays, we all, we always got to choose what we wanted to have to eat for our special day. So that was always fun to look forward to. And um, I don't know if I talked about when you were sick, what would what she would do when when you were sick. My mom, she was a great like home nurse. She would pamper you, and you'd get the vapo rub on you, and you'd get special juices and if you had a sore throat you'd get like a special pint of ice cream like chocolate chip ice cream and it was almost worth it to get sick she would just really 
and my dad would carry me up the stairs to bed. And so when we got sick, we were very pampered and they used home remedies on us a lot because doctors were very expensive for them. So, um, yeah, there were a lot of things they did to keep us well or get us through whatever. So I've heard you say that your mom would have been a really good nurse or some yeah. medical field. I think she would have if she'd had the education. She also could have, she has such a beautiful voice. Uh, if she'd had musical education, I think she would have gone far. Uh, but just did not have the opportunity. Her family was very poor. So they lived, she was born in Deweyville uh, in July in a boxcar. They had a boxcar um, similar to a trailer set up like a trailer would be. And her, their dad worked for the railroad. So that was part of the job was the home. So, and when they moved to Logan, they just put everything in the boxcar and that hold it to Logan. And so anyway, no, my parents always, I always knew they expected me to do well in school. You do your best with something my mom almost used to say, do a little something extra besides just the regular norm, do a little something extra. And uh, we just knew they expected us to do well. And we did our homework. They didn't help us. We just did it. Uh, and uh, my mom, I think, went to work at her, her sister and her brother-in-law had a grocery store on Island Market and my mom went to work and a lot of her wages I think went to music lessons for us kids so there's something extra they couldn't quite do on my dad's salary but she would I think she probably paid for music lessons for us Thank you, Mom and Dad, for all that you've shared today, for the different perspectives and stories and connection to how your childhood influenced uh, the rest of your life. And we're excited to hear more next time. See ya. They met in a music class, they both played violin. One day he got up the nerve to try to reel her in. He asked her, would you like to see my fancy set of wheels? She said yes, and that was that. Soon they became something real. Then one night on a hill overlooking town, he took her hand and said to her as he knelt upon the ground let's make some music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a melody i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever and she smiled and said yes let's do let's make some music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a harmony i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever, no matter what we do. Then they began to speculate what the future might hold. They said, maybe we'll have a lot of kids and raise them somewhere cold. Maybe they'll learn piano and we'll live on a farm. 
And we'll try to teach them right from wrong And keep them safe from harm And maybe we'll have our share of trials But maybe it'll all work out Maybe we'll live in a few good small towns As we learn what life's about And maybe we'll make music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a melody i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever no matter what we do yes let's make music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a harmony i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever no matter what we do the music of love the music of hope of faith and joy maybe we don't know everything Maybe we'll just enjoy that we're making music all through our lives. Some simple music all through our lives. And maybe in 50 years we'll be gathered near and far. And our kids will honor us and give thanks to us for teaching them that life's not so hard with music all through our lives. Some simple music all through our lives. And now that it's been 50 years, we can see it all came true. So glad I feel this melody and harmony. When I